Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to You Know That Episode. I'm Trev. And I'm Victoria. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 14 of Grey's Anatomy, titled Beat Your Heart Out, which aired on February 5th, 2009. Now, Victoria, how do you feel about this episode? Oh my god, therapy moment. (laughs) Well, this is my second pick for top five episodes of Seasons 1 through 5. Um, I picked this episode because there's a lot of like really good relationship drama, but especially with my girl Callie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another moment where Callie is feeling really insecure about being single and just kind of lost and um, has to do with like Lexi being really interested and in falling in love with Mark. And that's obviously Callie's ex boo, but Callie isn't like, she's not like upset over yeah, that. Yeah, she's not she like hung up. To, like, feel- yeah, she's not hung up over Mark or anything. She's more so just feels frustrated that about the fact that she's single now. Mm. And um, I just really love... This episode was a slow burn because it had me until the very last second. I was like, wait, did I pick the wrong fucking episode? <laughs> I had forgotten how late in the episode the moment happens. But... Yeah, me too. Because I knew when I saw the title, I had a vague idea and like the episode number when you texted it to me, which one we were going to be watching... I was mm-hmm. like, that feels really familiar. And then we were watching it, and I was like, oh, I know which episode this is. I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, one of my notes was that, like, you read the description, and you're just like, this doesn't really seem like that much of an important episode. Like, it just seems like one of those random episodes. And then you watch it, and you're like, holy shit, like, the entire thing is centered around Derek getting ready to post to Meredith. And, yeah. Um, like, it's just a really good it episode. It sets up like, a really- lot of stuff in a really, in a really wild way. Yeah, sets up Meredith and Derek proposal journey, sets up Christina having to deal with Owen's um, PTSD. Yeah, and just their relationship. Sets up Bailey's PTSD and, like, helping Bailey figure out her career path. Izzy has cancer and is, like, just barely finding out about it. We see all this, these dud interns. Yeah, all these dud interns. We see, um, obviously, at the end of the episode, finally, Callie getting hit on by Arizona, which is just like... The best. It's the best. It's the best. Honestly, I I forgot how much I love Arizona. And then watching her in this episode, I was like, oh my god, I love her. So, I... My boyfriend has been rewatching Grey's, as I've mentioned. And Mm. we were talking... And, like, obviously, I have Grey's on the brain, like, hardcore. More than I usually do because of the podcast. Mm. And... Tony texted me and was like, sent me some random, like, stupid TikTok. Babe, if you're listening, it's not stupid, but it was a stupid TikTok. (laughs) And it was some, like, couple trend. And they were like, oh, I want to do this trend, answer these questions. And I was like, oh, my God, whatever. And I, like, did it. And then I was like, it was like, which TV character do you associate me with? And I said Arizona. And Tony was like, oh, my God. Like, Arizona's, like, anti-Arizona. They were mad? Tony was, like, anti-Arizona. And I was like, I-I-I. Why? I I don't... I don't... Like, no good reason. Mm. And I was like, babe, I'm gonna... I'm just gonna say, you're wrong on this. If I'm an authority on anything, it's Gray's, specifically Arizona Robbins. And I was just like, this is pro-Arizona. You gotta get over it. And I was like, you... You know what? I was like, you also haven't watched in a long time, so maybe your opinion will change when you get to Arizona showing up again. But I was like... You just got to roll with it. I was like, she's good. 
Yeah, but at the same time, sometimes Arizona exhibits Lexi Gray syndrome, where she's like almost too nice. But then I remember like all the drama. Like, see, I wouldn't even agree she, with that. But, but like, okay, because listen, I think Arizona is like she's not as nice as Lexi. She she has a backbone for sure. But I'm saying when she has her really super bubbly moments and she's super saccharine sweet, like really really sweet. Yeah, it can be kind of. Hard to like, swallow. Yeah. But I think where Lexi, they never, they do dive into it a little bit here and there, like with her dad and like just her growing up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I think we get a lot more from Arizona about why she's like that, especially her being a ped surgeon. Mm-hmm. Like it makes a lot more sense why she is so, she presents to the world so bubbly and over the top and like yeah. sugary where it's like, well, she yeah. has to. Like, she's... And I think at one point she even, like, says it more or less. She's like, I deal with dead kids all day. I deal with kids dying of cancer all day. I need to, I need this almost. You know, I need this facade. And obviously as time goes on and she deals with different things and, like, the car accident, the baby, the... Honestly, like, the shooter in the hospital episode I think is her most, like... Yeah. Like, I, I feel like we get the most of, like, the real her, where she's, yeah, she's just, like, scared. very raw. She's scared in that scene, but in that she's, scene but where she, Callie is... She's still trying to be put sweet, up the facade. but Callie has to be stronger for her. Yeah. Cal- she loses that facade, and then Callie is, acts, like, much stronger for her. Because yeah. Because it's, like, she realizes in that moment she's not always happy and sweet. Like, sometimes she does get scared, and the facade, like, crumbles. But I think, yeah. um, like, another moment where we see that is where she's, like, really fighting for um, Callie to, like, not be so against the idea of, like, their relationship. Like, yeah, you remember she kinda, what part I'm uh, talking about? Like, very vaguely. It's, like, it's... One of them wants kids and one of them doesn't. Yeah. And especially, I think that makes sense. And I think Arizona's reasoning makes a lot of sense in why she doesn't want kids at first. Yeah. It's because... She, uh, and she deals with... That she like, she deals with the horrible aspects yeah. of being a parent every day. And I think we see a little bit of that in this episode, too, with Bailey. Yeah. Where you see she wants to help these kids so badly. She, like, she wants to be a pediatric pediatric surgeon. But it's like, She's it's so too close to home. Yeah. And she, even though she is so good at it, seeing her really struggle with the day-to-day of, oh, these, it's just it's hard it's harder because it's kids which obviously these are these are people who don't understand the world yet or what's going on like especially like the kids she, that they're dealing with where they're dealt these horrible cards it is a nice balance of seeing like arizona not wanting kids makes her a better surgeon kind of and because she can almost compartmentalize it mm. where ba- being that bailey can't compartmentalize it is what makes her a good pete surgeon you mean the opposite Bailey not being able to compartmentalize yeah. it makes her... Is that her, not what I said? No, you said it makes her a good ped surgeon, but I feel like that's why she doesn't want to be a ped surgeon because she can't compartmentalize it. She fe- she knows that... She feels herself getting way too attached and almost being traumatized by each patient that she gets that's in pediatrics. Yeah, but even at the end, after she deals with the backpack and all that stuff... Arizona's like, like di- you are a ped surgeon. And Dixon says the same thing yeah. when they're like installing the backpack tubes yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. She's like, being... The reason you're good at this is because you feel it so heavily. Ugh. Man, I it's don't a know. it's just a really good episode yeah. for the two of them. Yeah. For and Arizona's not even in this episode a lot. She's only in it for like two or three scenes. They were just yeah, beginning but they're to just like her. 
she's so good in them still. It's always like it's a good button on each scene when she shows up and like really helps move things along. Yeah. But yeah, I just like this episode was fast. Yeah. Like a lot happening all the time. Yeah. Really intense. And if you're not paying attention, you miss stuff. I had to rewind it yeah. a couple times. Same. I, I did too. Absolutely. And yeah, I just really, I really enjoyed this episode. I'm so glad you picked it. Yeah. Good patient drama too. Great patient drama. Holy shit. Some of my favorite patient drama that I completely forgot about. This episode also deals with a couple of like really important topics. Like the concept yeah. of consent. Like I have a, a bunch of notes on that in the scene where Dixon like has a meltdown pretty much because she gets hugged by the patient's family. Yeah. We can talk about that later though, but let's jump into the episode. Yes. So we open up with Izzy in the clinic trying to do like draw her own blood, but I honestly thought she was trying to suture herself. And this just brings up this question of like, do you have what it takes to be a surgeon? I could not, I don't think I could be brave enough to like suture myself or inject myself. I don't think I could either. I think it would be, I don't think I could do it either. I'm again, I'm also like historically very bad at getting blood drawn and all of that. And I do, I pass out every single time. Mm. So like, I don't think I could do it for that reason, but I, I just, <sighs> it's so. But then there's people who are diabetic and have to do it like multiple or even times like a day I, people who trans who are transitioning and have to do right. like the like the shots and everything yeah. like that it's crazy to me i just i couldn't i don't think i could do i it. don't think i could either oh. but yeah izzy's like trying to do her own blood work and all of this stuff mm-hmm. and all the interns are like shit talking about having to deal with like be in the clinic and all of this <laughs> and i just don't like any of these interns other than is uh lexi yeah, I mean... She's the only one I like. Sadie is in there, and um, for anybody who doesn't remember this blonde bitch Sadie, that's Meredith's, oh, um, like, death. old bestie. She's gorgeous, though. Is she death or is she die? She's die, and Meredith is death. Okay, yeah. I She's be- She's so beautiful. She's I fucking hate her. gorgeous in this. I hate her. Her lips are perfect. Yeah, I just... Like, I was like, just like, oh my god, her lips. Okay. Yeah, she's so sexy. And <laughs> like it's like it is unnerving and I'm just like, why are you here? Yeah, girl, go be a model. Truly. <laughs> but yeah, so they they hate working in the clinic. They don't like Izzy. Well, and she kinda... They're kinda right for that, honestly. That's yeah, like, I mean I don't like Izzy tea, either. T they're like, we don't like... want to deal with that stupid ass Izzy, and I'm like, T <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. It and is. then she's like she opens the curtain and they all kinda like shit their pants. They're like, oh shit, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> And oh, then it, like, immediately cuts to Christina and Owen in the on-call room. The fact that he knew how long she had been in the hospital, like, okay, he was kind of right for that. Like, if I worked at the hospital... Be, bitch, I would ha- I would have... I would have fucking... Eyes and ears on her at all times. All times. Following uh, her around the hospital like a lost puppy. This episode... Okay. It, it was... It was... This is an intense episode for them. I was kind of into it. Me like, too. <laughs> like, I literally made a note and I was like, I'm still a hater, but like, this is really sexy. The fact that I have the exact same note, I wrote that they're being so cute in this episode, but I still do not ship them. <laughs> I. It's so like, it just feels like very like Jane Austen, like... Clandestine. Yeah, like, like they, they can't mm, be with each ooh. other, but like, there's no reason they can't really be with each other right. yet. But they're just like like faintly touching each other's hand while they're walking. Well, like, oh yeah, my, god, my god, the scene when she's reading the journal, and he's like walking right behind her, and they're like ba- barely touching hands, and she's like smiling behind the book. <laughs> I was like, 
This is horny. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is hornier than them fucking. Christina is so cute when she's flustered, too. She has it's that little so mischievous cute. kind of grin on her face. And she's, like, giddy. Yeah. And it's, it's especially a character like her that we don't really see acting like that often. It is nice when you do see it. And she's just, like, she looks just happy. Yeah. And, oh, my she, God. You can tell he, she's, like, completely electrified. He's, like, I like the back of your neck. I was, that is so fucking horny. That's so sexy. And he like, she like touches her neck right after. Oh my God. Oh my God. It was so sexy. Like, he was in this episode, honestly. It was, was kind, yeah. it was sexy. Was it was kind of smoldering. Kinda, he was I was smoldering. like, I get it, Christina. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Her little I get smile it. When, when he walked out of the room, I was just like, okay. It's so cute. It's so just like yeah. that crush, that beginning of a crush uh, where you're, it's like, oh my God. Great like, acting. I just want to. Great acting. Yeah. In that they scene. were crushing it. And yeah, and there's the writing and how it was all set up was just like really fun watching yeah, them. It was fun to watch them in this episode. So the whole opening of this episode is all... The first five minutes is every single couple on yeah, the show. Yeah, it's like all the couples that are just, like, getting started or, like, want to get started or are dealing They're with They're all drama. at this kind of pivotal moments in their right. relationship. Lexi and Mark get off an elevator right after that scene, and then Meredith runs up to Christina, and it's just like, okay, at this point, you guys can't be so stupid that you're literally making Meredith say... She's talking about all the different signs of, like, a heart. So her voiceover yeah. is like... Um, any med student knows that an increased heart rate can mean a sign of trouble, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, a heart that flutters. And then it shows Lexi and Mark getting off the elevator. And then it says, or one that skips a beat. And then Meredith runs up to Christina at that very moment. When she says, one that skips a beat could be a sign of a secret affliction or could indicate romance, which is the biggest trouble of all. They make her say that at the exact moment that Meredith runs up to Christina in the episode. I'm just like, okay, you stupid bitches. Anyway. You are the lesbian truther. I, listen, only about some couples. And the fact that... That is, bitch, you lie. No. You lie. You, I, <laughs> I do not ship woman... for Barry. I do not ship for Barry. No, I'm not. I didn't bring that up. Okay. A woman breeds in the same room as another woman. And you're like, they're fucking. <laughs> No, you're like, or they, they fuck all the time. They yeah, <laughs> you're like, they're fucking. I'm like, she's undressing her in her head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my fucking God. I, because but... I'm deprived. Just give me some lazy representation <laughs> on these fucking shows and I won't have to do all this. Wait till the end of the episode. Bitch, they make me, they give me three seconds and they make me sit through 45 minutes oh of heterosexual my nonsense God. right now. Like, I can't be dealing with this. Um, but, anyway, and, I love Lexi and Mark together. Okay, I think they're a great couple, too. They're one of my they're top so, five, like, Grace couples, I think. I just, like, oh, god damn it, I love Mark Sloan so much. Me, too. He's, he's the best guy on this show. He is the he best is, guy on this he's show. He's so, period. he's the most complicated. He is, but he's In a way like, that's not annoying. He's not annoying in the slightest. He has character flaws and foibles. It makes him very real, but he also yeah. is not, like, annoying to watch. Like, you know those characters you watch and you're just like, oh my god, yeah, George. <laughs> Where Both it's just of them. like, yeah, it's just, Mark does something, and I'm like, I understand. I like, wouldn't have I, gone it makes about sense. that, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, it just like click. It work. It makes sense to me in a way where, again, like I, like you just said, like I wouldn't do it, but like I just, I like seeing him and Lexi together. Yeah, I feel like so she, much. And this, I hate when people say this about couples in real life, but in TV, I allow it. She makes him a better person. And I think he does that to her. I think they bring each other out of their kind of shell in a weird way. I feel like he gritties her up because he is so not the guy that you would picture Lexi with. He's like that womanizer, yeah. like kind of, 
Mm, he's a shithead. Ga- yeah, he's he slept with his best friend's wife. Right. Like he sucks on on paper. He sucks. And she's just so nice. The kind of girl that like you wouldn't picture Mark with. Like you would picture Mark with like a Meredith or, or like a, a Christina Callie or even a Christina. Like someone dark. Oh and fuck kinda... her and Chris. Him and Christina would be so hot. That would be a great couple too. I think. But I think she's too good for him. But, I think so too. But uh, you get what I mean, right? And I'm sure yeah, absolutely. get what we mean about like just they they're not the kind of couple that you would picture and that's what makes it feel so good because They just like ba- yeah, they balance each other out in a real way. Right. It's so good to watch. I, I really enjoy their scenes together. I really like that. I just they're one of my favorite couples in the show. I I hate how complicated they get. Yeah, it's just like you guys know that you love each other and want each other. Can you stop with the stupid bullshit? And I hate how complicated they get, even though I do understand why they do go through their complications. Like, I think Lexi's, when they do break up and everything like that and whatever, I think I get where Lexi's coming from. In the Shooter episode, it's she likes Karev, right? She's with Karev at that point, I think. And Mark is the one who's, like, watching Saving her. Saving Karev yeah. and oh, with God. her and all this stuff. And then, like... When eventually his kid, what is her name? Her name is Sloane. Right. She shows up and Lexi's like, I don't want to be a mom. Oh, God. Like, she doesn't, and like, she's like, I'm young. Like, I have so much, all this shit. And when they also break up because he gets Callie pregnant. Well. And all that stuff because then he's like, well, I'm going to be a dad. And Lexi's like, I don't want to, again, I don't want to be a, like, they're just at different points in their life. But which I feel like Lexi me. was kind of in the wrong for that whole storyline because he was never asking her to like take on a motherly role. Like she could have kept dating him and just been like, Your kids are a boundary for me. Like I'm hap- like I'm fine with them. Yeah, being but in I don't think life, that's realistic. Was she projected onto him that she was gonna automatically have to become either of these kids' moms when Mark had never told her that? No, I one hundred percent agree, but I think it's unrealistic to be like, Hey, you're a parent. And I'm dating you. I'm not interacting with your kids or like inter- being parental at all. Like, I just don't think that's realistic because you're going to be around them regardless. If you're in a relationship with someone who has kids, you're bound to interact with those kids. So you will be taking on some sort of parental role at one point or another, whether you want to or not. I think they could have talked about it a little bit. I think and they could have I mean, set that's... up good parameters and just been like, your kids are your thing. Like, on nights where you have them or nights where we do this, like... Just communication, but obviously it's a fucking TV show, so we're not going to get yeah. that. We're going to get but character even with, drama. Even with setting up boundaries and stuff like that and, like, scheduling and all that stuff, it's like, okay, well, you're you're still not with that person fully. Like, there's still this whole other part of their life that you're not a part of. So it's like, why be in a relationship with someone that you're not going to be 100% in with? You know what I mean? For yeah. that, That's where I come from on that, at least. I think that comes up in this episode, too, when she's like, we need to be public like hiding I don't a relationship a sucks i totally agree yeah. with her in this episode um and i'm on her side with that but i just think yeah. that relationships are what you make them and i think that there is a way that they could have worked it out and re- if this is real life like they could have just sat down and figured it out <laughs> i think so too i i but i also understand where she comes from a lot of the time yeah because she is so young compared to him too right I think that's a huge factor. Yes. But, but either way. Anyway, okay, so that was all just because we saw them walk out of an elevator together. We are still in the first, like, two minutes of the episode. Meredith hands Christina a journal and is like, I need you to read this because my mom is writing about the chief and had an affair with the chief and I can't read about it. And Christina's just like, okay. 
And Chris, well, she's like, she slept with her chief resident, and Meredith is like, no, no, she slept, she slept with, with our, our chief. chief. <laughs> she slept with our chief, and this is it's crazy that this is how Christina kind of founds finds out about the affair. Yeah, and like Christina's very just casually. Like, Ooh, okay, she better. Yeah, We're- I kind of yeah, it's just like very organic. Yeah, um, which is that's but that's Meredith and Christina. Like they're exactly. so unfazed by shit. There's so, yeah, it's I mean, like at this another point. moment, like to add to the um, list, but. So Callie's standing at the counter. Lexi walks up to her and Callie's all like, how's it going? Just being casual, you know, but Lexi (laughs) thinks she's asking about Mark and she starts talking about, oh my God, Mark is amazing. I'm really excited to see where this goes, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And Callie's just like, anyway, I can't listen to this. I really can't because I'm alone and I'm single and talking about your relationship to someone who's single is like bringing a six pack to an AA meeting. So bye. I agree. I know. Right. It's like, you just love to hate on couples when you're single because it, Oh, bitch. You're just like, "Mm." when I was literally the only single person that I knew. (laughs) Yeah. You were having a hard time. I was like, if someone even breathes near me, you were like, you were like, all couples deserve to die. I was just like, Oh my God. I was a fucking, I was in my hater era, like, and I was like, no, all of you are pieces of shit. I don't want to see your photos. Like, I can't do it. So I get it, Callie. I've been there. Poor Callie. Yeah, she's right. (laughs) I get it. she's right. It sucks. It fucking sucks to be single. But I also love that Lexi is like, Callie, let's be friends. (laughs) Callie's like, you need to um, hide it or like keep it in. And Lexi's like, I am. It's so cute. Yeah, She's is. like, like, what kind of Disney princess sh- is she doing in this oh show my right God, now? It's like, annoying. I love her. I love her so much. Okay, so then we get to Derek and Mark, yes. and Mark is like, "Oh my God, what's that?" And like, sweetie, good thing you're hot because bless his fucking soul if he couldn't tell what that was based on the tiny black dumb as box. rocks. Like he's stupid as shit. You think that man's ever proposed? No, bless his <laughs> heart though. Um, he's like, "What is that, uh, sir?" There's only, like, a few things it could be. (laughs) Um, So dumb. Okay, anyway, he's like, okay, make sure that you, like, find the perfect moment so that way she won't run off. Um, Don't don't get scared or whatever. And then Owen walks up. And then has to check out Mark's wiener. I don't get what that was about. Because Lexi broke his dick. Oh my fucking god, I completely forgot about yeah, that. <laughs> that's what that that's the end of that storyline is Lexi breaking Mark's oh, dick. And that's why she's like, not allowed is, to have sex earlier in the And episode. they're not allowed to have sex. And then okay, later on right. and when they're going through all the sex moves, she's like, Don't do twelve too fast because she's talking about his wiener. Oh my god. I completely yeah. forgot about that storyline. Okay. I can never forget. Jesus. It's so funny. And then Owen's like, Alright, looks all good. <laughs> I, oh my god, it, this episode is, as as funny as this episode is, it is just as devastating, yeah. and this shit is a funny fucking episode, mm-hmm. so. It is, it's a good one. And it's also steamy, and it's also dramatic, yeah. and it's also funny, and it's also kind of dark, and it's also. It's a lot of bubbling right under the surface, god. like, nothing is boiling over. Right. It's, it's all just, just like, like, set right up there, and. Right there. Sec- it's like, almost. this whole episode, this episode is edging you. Yeah, this episode is like an almost episode. Yeah, it's really fucking good. Yeah, it's so good. So, um, then Lexi comes out to the ambulance bay where Meredith is waiting for an ambulance to arrive. And Meredith's like, so what's going on with you and Mark? And Lexi's acting all clueless. And she's like, I'm interested in plastics. I like faces. <laughs> so suit. I also just love seeing Meredith and Lexi be like friends. Sisters. It just makes me happy. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like that 
I like when Meredith has family. I love it. Me too. I, I just love seeing Meredith interact with her sisters and even Derek's sisters, honestly. Yeah. Oh my God. Those episodes, those are good those episodes are good when the sisters show up. Especially Amelia. Uh, I love Meredith's I love relationship with Amelia. I Me can't too. Even it's hide so it. complicated. It's so and good. I like I love in the later seasons when you have Maggie, Amelia, and Meredith mm-hmm. living together. Yeah. And I it's just so fun because they truly are so wildly different. And like them all taking the kids to school. But the the most annoying out of them is Maggie. Yeah, absolutely. I just I, I But think again, she's, she's a like Virgo. a goody goody. I think she's a Virgo. Yeah, absolutely. And I it agree. bothers me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, Kendall. <laughs> Okay, moving on from that moment, we open the we open the um, ambulance doors, and this blonde and her husband are there. And apparently, the blonde hit her husband with an SUV and ran Slay. over him. And immediately, I was just like, "Wait, I know this blonde. Where do I know her from?" So I, I said up, the same thing. I pull up IMDb, and it's Jennifer Westfelt, and she was in Kissing Jessica Stein. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. And then I'm like, wait, let me look at her other shit. And I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me on IMDb right now that Mad About You got rebooted in 2019. And I didn't find out about it until now. <laughs> like, gonna have to watch the entire thing from the beginning. Also, she was married to John Hamm for like... Oh. Almost 20 years. Holy shit. Yeah, she's currently 52. Well, she looks. She really went to good Yale. Yeah, her and John Hamm were That's together from '97 to 2015. Wow. Um, but I also recognized her from somewhere, and I've never, I like, could not place her, because I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Kissing Jessica Stein. And I just was like trying, and I was like looking through everything, and I was like, I don't know what it is, other because I know it's Honestly, not. Listen, this. I think that there is. Something else that she was on that she is not credited in, and that's why it's, it's not showing be. up on her IMDb. Because I couldn't believe either that it was just Je- kissing Jessica Stein. Like I feel yeah. like I know her. It's got to be something else. else. It must be a show or a movie, and we just can't think of it right now. Um, if anybody also, knows, please at us on Twitter. Yes, please do. Also, she wrote some of the. She wrote several episodes of that Showtime series, The First Lady. Oh. Which isn't good. I didn't watch it yet. It's not good. I heard that there's a gay season on there or gay episode on there, and I kind of want to watch it. I heard Gillian Anderson <laughs> is good on it. Yeah, it's just the rest of it. I'm, I'm. It's like also, why are you making this? It just felt like I don't need to watch this. Yeah. Like this doesn't need to exist. Wait, am I wrong or is Gillian Anderson on that? I think she's in it. I think. She or am plays... I thinking of The Crown? Or is she on both of them? She might be on both of them. Oh. She's always doing. I fucking shit. love Gillian Anderson. Me too. I saw, I went to Boston uh, Comic Con once and she Don't did a panel that I, that and I went, <gasps> I went to a panel of hers and I was like, wait, this slays. Do you, did you Yeah, watch? she plays Eleanor Roosevelt. Okay, definitely. Okay. That's okay. so gay. Yeah, that's very gay. She played Margaret Thatcher in The Crown. Yes. I should really watch The Crown. I need to watch The Crown. I need to get my ass on that. It's been yeah. on my list for like a while. Oh, she was in Hannibal? I should watch that, too. The X-Files is, like, the third thing Gillian Anderson ever did. Oh, my God. I love that show. Uh, Yeah, I've never seen The X-Files. I should watch it, though. Okay, you need to... Wait. You're telling me that you are a horror and scary movie lover. Yes. And you have never watched The X-Files? There are some episodes of that show that... I've heard it's nuts. No, when I tell you that... Like, crazy. There's literally some episodes of that show that have given me nightmares before. 
I'm, like Michelle tells me about it all the time, and I'm just like, it sounds crazy. I should watch it, and then I just don't. I know I would love it. It's one of those where I'm like, I know I'm gonna like it, which is almost why I won't watch it, which is stupid. It's okay. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, though? I do know what you mean. There's so many. There's a few shows that I have been recommended so many times that I still haven't watched. Cause I, it's almost like it bothers me when people tell me that, and the more they tell me, the yeah. more it makes me not want to watch it. Yeah, because I'm also like, I don't want to be disappointed if I yeah. don't like it, especially if That's it's valid. being hyped up so much to me. But I, that, again, I think genuinely that is going to be something that I'm like, wow, this is so good. I think you're going to love it. I think, well, Hannibal's the same way. So many people have told me that it's like a show designed for me, and then I don't watch it. So, I don't okay. know. Okay. Anyway. Well, anyway, so Jennifer is the lady who hit her husband, and she's freaking out. And then she goes inside um, with Callie and Meredith and Lexi, and Callie basically tells her that, like, her husband's shoulder is completely dislocated, there's a bunch of other fractures, and he needs to get some surgery. And she's pregnant, so she has, like, high blood pressure because of the stress, and she's, like, freaking out. And I still... They're, like, smiling at each other and, like, laughing at each other. I swear on my life, if my partner hit me with her car... I would be mad. Which, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed off. I'm like, look, I may, I may not be able to yell at you now because you are pregnant. The I don't even know if I would yell. I would just be like mad and like quiet. I would do silent treatment. That would be a silent treatment moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would be, I feel like if anyone hit me with their car, I'd be pissed. But especially if it was a partner. I'd be like, was this pointed? Was this purposeful? It definitely wasn't, but I feel like it's just one of those things that would just make me... I think you have every right to be pissed off if your partner hits how you with a car. How can she, like, be happy, and how can he be happy? And he's like, don't worry, baby. I... Please get my wife a hamburger. She's more important than me, even though she hit me with her car. You know what? I also want a hamburger. <laughs> I kind of wanted one after hearing him say that. I got. I had one last night fucking hit the spot i feel like i want so mcdonald's good. after this but the one near I my was, house is closed no i was literally just looking at doordash oh shit okay maybe I'm, after this i might go get I'm, some McDonald's. i might get some mcdonald's tonight. no kidding um okay let's, but let's get back to this so she's pregnant she's pregnant he got hit with the car he needs surgery she doesn't but she does have high blood pressure so they're like let's monitor it meanwhile yeah. meredith is talking to derek right after that and derek's like they're a nice couple they'll have cute babies and meredith's meredith's like not as cute as ours. And that, like, shocks him because he spent the entire first portion of the episode wondering if she was really ready to commit to him. And she, of course, is Meredith and is never going to, like, actually demonstrate that. But here she actually yeah. did. She kind of let it slip a little bit. She was just Yeah, it was, like, like so casual. Yeah. I think that's also what scares him so, took him so, like, By took surprise, because she just said it's because it so it was casually. Just like, she was just, like, not as cute as ours. Anyway, do you want to get... And I was just like, What? Yeah, I kind of loved like, it. Yeah, Derek was like, wait, she wants to have kids with me? What the fuck? I thought she it hated was kinda, me. <laughs> it was cute. This episode is really cute for Derek. I, like, I really like him in it. Uh, I got annoyed at a certain point, and let's see if you can guess. It happens like in two or three scenes from now. Okay. Okay, so then we cut to Richard and Bailey, and they're like, she's like, look, I know I was on vacation and everything like that. Um, and I only took three days and I'm back now, but I have to catch up. And he's like, can you just calm down? Cause I'm literally promoting you. Like, why are you freaking yeah. out? I need another attending in general surgery. You said you don't want to be impeded. So we're putting you in general surgery unless you change your mind again. And she's like, no, no, like that's perfect. I don't want to ever deal with another dying kid again in my life. 
Uh, you can tell she just to. has PTSD, and that's why she's understandably, out. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think. I think Richard is also trying to keep her in general surgery because he's he's being a little selfish. I don't think that's it. I think, honestly, I think this is his way of, like, pushing her. Well, I know elsewhere in the storyline, he does kind of try and, tr- like, he'll do, like, really cool surgeries and stuff and be like, well, you're peds now. You can't be a part of it. And, like, try and... Yeah. Just because he wants to keep her there. But I... So I think he's being a tiny bit selfish. I think a lot of it is him being like, you earned this. Like, you're good. You're just as good, if not better, than everyone else who's doing it. So there's no reason for you not to be in attending. And he's he even says, he's like, I can't imagine this. He's like, this is pending board approval, but I can't see there being much issue. And, like, she deserves it. She earned it. She's a phenomenal surgeon. She definitely did. And I feel like, I don't know about other people, but I do have a mentor at work. And my mentor tells me the truth. And I feel like if she told me, like, you know, you're meant to do this or you're not meant to do this, that would carry a lot of weight for me because she's been, like, I helping me throughout so. my entire career. So, like, I think in this moment when you are dealing with a mentor and they give you advice that's like that, and they're like... You kind of have to take it to heart. You're like, okay, you know what? I have to see this through because this person has guided me throughout the rest of my career and I've, like, really valued what they've told me or, like, what they've told me has made sense or has worked or... Yeah, you and know, you so- hope that they've only had your best interest yeah. at heart. And, like, with... Mer- with um. Bailey and Weber like he has Mm -hmm. he's only ever really looked out for her right so then in the next scene um it cuts to um Christina talking to some patient's parents about Dr. Dixon and explaining like she's a great surgeon um you know she has a little bit of trouble with eye contact so I just wanted to give you a heads up but other than that like you're gonna be getting like the best of the best and the patient is like a really little girl so like, the entire yeah. thing, you can just tell it's, like, very heightened because the parents are, like, immediately on guard based on that heads up that she gave. The like, heads up and the initial interaction with Dixon. Right. So, like, she comes in and she's just like, I need to see the patient. Where's the patient? And just, like, I don't know. Because, see, this is my thought on this entire storyline. Like, I think it's really good that they de- have a doctor with autism. But I think what I don't like is that they almost vilify it a little bit or like maybe that's just my perception of it but like no because i thought the same thing but i do think it could be a perception because i think it's just based on media that we grew up with and just like how we interact in social situations i think when we see someone because of how we're taught who acts like that in those social situations we we immediately see it as a negative even though she's not doing this to be spiteful or inappropriate or anything like that it's just like how she acts yeah so i think like that context of like she's just doing her job in the way she can yeah i think it, the, this scene isn't that bad but the scene later where she has a meltdown due to the when she freaks out personal yeah. space that scene like how the music that plays and the patient reactions like i felt like that drama was not necessary because they're framing it like dr dixon was in the wrong up until the moment where christina and bailey hug her and like yeah and i think i think it's definitely editing and taking like like uh some what's the word i'm looking for uh liberties liberties? yeah Yeah, with like with dramatizing it uh but i also think like Obviously, this isn't my lived experience, but I can imagine, like, when you're dealing with a situation that's, like, so overstimulating, it does kind of feel like that, like, this, like, cacophony. Mm-hmm. 
so I think that would make sense as like trying to get across how Dixon is feeling. Yeah. Well, that and part think, made sense, but I feel like the the music that they play and like showing the patient's reaction and the way that like I don't know. I think it was just my perception of the scene was that they were trying yeah. to make her seem like she was being over dramatic instead of making it like take I don't know. I think one of the doctors prob- probably Christina should have taken the time to like explain a little bit more. Yeah, try and like <laughs> normalize it or just like even in this scene though, she does say she's like she doesn't do the no physical touch. She is like she just give her give all of the things like she, about like the no, loud noises, the eye contact, all that. She does try and give them fair warning oh, of like maybe I didn't catch that part. I only heard the part where she says that she doesn't make eye contact. I didn't. I don't yeah, think I she, remember hearing the rest of it. Yeah, because she does mention like all the other stuff too that do come in later when they like oh, hug her and okay. they're all loud and they're all kind of breaking protocol and stuff like right. that it's like okay I'm in the so room. i think it i think it's kind of set up but it is still like yeah i can un- i can 100 percent understand why someone's why well, you see that scene and you're like oh they're kind of making her out to be like the othered person yeah. even though like okay yeah she she out of the three out of the people in this room yeah she is the one like neurodivergent person mm-hmm. in this way so mm-hmm. like it's not wrong to show that yeah but I think I think it's set up nice, and I think it shows her. I think it makes sense why she does kind of have freak out because it's like Bailey breaks the protocol, everyone's loud and talking over each other. Yeah. It's overstimulating. They're hugging her and shaking her hand got, and like, like overexcited and like yeah. And yeah. she just kind of she and, got triggered by it exactly. And yeah. then when she explains like the like why what the hugging does and how it kind of like suppresses the nervous system and all yeah. that stuff and like the pressure and everything like that yeah i think it it makes sense and kind of explains it a little better yeah i I would be interested to see how they would handle a scene like this now given that this was 13 years ago at this point i honestly okay so I i was thinking about that a little bit too and i also i don't know if anybody listening has heard or read these theories before but there's this fan theory that christina is autistic or like shows signs of autism I haven't yeah, read, probably like, on, too, like, the spectrum. I, yeah, I haven't, like, read too much into it, but I would probably want to read some of that stuff now after watching this episode all the way through. But also on TikTok, there's this girl named Abby, and she and her mom, like, document and regularly post different TikToks about, like, what it's like to have autism and, like, what goes into being on the spectrum and, like, what the... Yeah, I think I've seen her in my FYP. Fascinating. Like... Yeah. Not trying to, like, make a big fuss out of it or anything. I'm just saying, like, it's really helpful to have content like that because it kind of gives you a better lens and help normalize it a little bit more and not make it seem like such an other. Like, I feel like if they had a story like this now, it wouldn't be such a fuss. You know what I mean? Like, it would just kind of be more, like... Like, you know when, like, a gay storyline is, like, super dramatized and everyone's like, <gasps> yeah, she's gay! And it's like, yeah. oh my god. And then nowadays it's just like, oh, that person's non-binary. That's cool. Like, okay, moving on. Yeah, I would, I totally agree with that. I th- I would, I, I hope that they br- start to bring in more neurodivergent storylines and stuff like that yeah. into the newer seasons. There haven't been any that I've heard of. I, I don't I'm also think not I've currently heard of caught up. Yeah. I've heard of, a, like, the more gay storylines mm-hmm. here and there. But I haven't heard of anything else with, like, anyone being autistic or, ADHD. I want somebody with ADHD on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how that is... Like, how does that affect their work? What does that storyline look like? Like, how do they... What are their coping mechanisms? Can we normalize, like, medication or therapy and, like, different... 
Like, exactly. I just think the storyline, that would be very cool. But and, like, know. obviously, Grace deals a lot with, like, depression and suicidal, like, Yeah, but that's not what we're talking stuff. about, though. Yeah, you know? but it's in the, it's all in the same family of, like, these weird neurodivergencies. I say weird as in, like, not negative, but yeah. other. Yeah. So, it's, like, it would be interesting to see them kind of delve more into other things yeah like they did like a storyline about how owen has ptsd from the military and what his yeah what his flashbacks and then even christina's ptsd and meredith's ptsd um bailey's ptsd it's just a lot of ptsd like it would be cool to see some other representation something else we do get autism here which is really cool and i think that's pretty forward um yeah i don't think i've seen another show that has an autistic character actually even like a side character coping mechanisms and what can trigger them and, yeah. like, I just don't think I've ever seen it before. So, like, this is good, but it would be cool to see more. And it would be really cool to have it be less of, like, a <gasps> gasping yeah, one- And I think they're far enough removed from this storyline where if they did bring it back, it wouldn't feel just, like, repeating old things. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be it would make sense timeline-wise to be like, okay, well, we did this 13 years ago. Let's see if we could kind of revamp it. Because they've done that with, like some other storylines of yeah. like the gay storylines and like all that stuff kind of just like give it a new take yeah in this world but either way okay either way so then we get this patient in the er a man and his wife come in and they are talking to richard and they're like we want to we need help basically we were looking at a magazine our kids are in college and the husband's like one of our kids goes here and one of them goes to UW. And UW, for anyone who doesn't know, we got a UW shout out. That's the nickname that people from like Seattle and Washington give University of Washington. So <laughs> just like a little Seattle tidbit that they threw in, which I thought was good. And they're like, we did number nine. And they hand him this magazine. And it obviously is something anal because the husband like doesn't want to sit down or whatever. And the wife's just like, I don't know why they're so shy. Like are straight it's people so, so shy about like sex like that? It's very weird to also like I don't as like look <laughs> as an expert, <laughs> it is not that serious. I'm like, what do these people and like what they, they... <laughs> I don't think they show what was in there. They don't, but it makes a loud metallic sound when they take so, it out. But it's like, what did you put in his ass? I feel like it must have been like that got a can lost or something like that. How, babe? I know people who fuck around back there all the time and they can't fit a can in their ass so how's this straight man who's never done anal listen i fit a can in the ass okay but I'm that's what i'm saying so i'm like <laughs> but i'm like what was it like what did how'd you get lost they needed Why, to give like, us a little bit more than that just, i needed a little bit more yeah. i think this whole storyline like was just it kind of like, they needed like a, a little bit like they needed it was a gay like, person to come and help them with this, <laughs> i think it was funny because it's like these things happen like I feel like every other week some weird fucking story goes viral about someone had a shampoo bottle up their ass and it was up there, whatever. So it's like, this happens, I get it. But it's just like, what? It's oh so God. weird. Yeah. It's so silly. Yeah. But I think it's just like, they just needed something kind of light in this episode, I think. Because yeah. all the other patient drama was so heavy. So then to have something kind of silly like this, where like, they're, this guy's not going to die. It's nice that they're doing something fun in their relationship or trying it out at they're least. Kind of hopefully this doesn't about it. Yeah, hopefully this doesn't deter them further. Right. So I think they needed some like a storyline to just kind of like cut back to. It's like, oh well Bailey's patient is gonna die, maybe. And then back to these silly let's, idiots. Let's cut back to the old ass. people who like lost something in their ass. Okay. You're so right. 
I, but it's still silly. It's, it's still it's, silly. It's, it's, it, ma- it made me laugh every time it was on the screen. Yeah. Okay. Then it's back to Callie. They're like freaking out about the surgery that the husband needs. And, but Lexi and Meredith are more worried about like the, the wifey because with the baby, um, she keeps getting like high blood pressure and they're like, we have to make sure we keep her calm because every time her blood pressure raises, it affects the baby and the placenta and all that medical terminology that we don't really get. And we're just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, we totally get what you mean. And Jen is fine. Like the wifey is fine. And then the husband's like, if you give her hamburgers, that will keep her calm. I'm just like, girl, same. I mean, like, truly, feed me, and I'm I'm sedated. I'm fine. As long as I have food, I am fine. I live. But, like, even this guy's going off to surgery, and he's still, like, being cute and being like, this is how you get my wife. Like, oh, my, oh my God. Like, she I like hit this you couple. with the SUV, bitch. Like, I really like this couple. I know. Then we cut back to Bailey dealing with this, um, like, young child. And Dixon is giving the parents all of the information. And the little girl is just sitting there like, um, hello, it's my body. And I have no fucking idea what's going on. So Bailey translates, like, into kid's term. And you can tell how much she, like, she's really good at this. She's, she's really, really good at this. She's being so sweet to this baby. And it's just like, she, this is why everyone thinks she's good at it. Yeah. But I think it's just because she's a parent. I don't think that makes her a good pediatric surgeon. Like, just having bedside manner is not enough. You also have to have the stomach for it. And Bailey definitely doesn't. And that's why I think she realizes by the end of this episode. She's just like, look, I know I could do it because I have good bedside manner and I care a lot about saving these kids. And even Arizona tries to talk her into it by being like, look, not every kid that you deal with is going to die. Not every kid is going to die. This girl has something that you can probably solve really easily. You're going to go in there and give her the rest of her life back. And for a second, she has Bailey. For a second, she has Bailey. And Bailey's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. But the minute shit goes wrong in the surgery, she's like, no, 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 no. This feels so bad. Like, I care way too much. Shit is not working. I can't do this. And she has that moment of insecurity again. And we see, we actually see Bailey deal with this a couple of different times in in her career. She stays having PTSD because remember that one storyline they had where she kept like infecting or killing patients because of something she had on her glove? Oh my God. Well, that gave, and that gave her like OCD. Yeah, it gave her OCD. And, but after that, she even had. Or like brought it up again. She had some, yeah, she had something. And like. She, like, wanted to quit surgery. She was just like, I can't do this anymore. I think she actually did quit. Like, I think she stopped operating for yeah, a while. Yeah, because it, it was, like, some gloves they bought were, like, not actually working. So, like, this, like, weird bacteria she had in her hands, even though she scrubbed and everything, like, was able to get into the patients and, like, killed yeah, them. Yeah, so I'm saying, so like, that was one time, she's actually and then, like, dealt with it multiple, multiple times. This concept yeah. of, like, oh, my God, I'm not good enough. Or, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I fucked something up. And she just, like, shuts down. Bailey is such a shutter downer. When she deals with something yeah. complicated, she just like backs away and she's just like done with it. Um, but anyway, I thought this storyline was really good in bringing that out in her. And we see her kind of grapple with like, should I go down this career path or not? And then we go back to Derek and Christina. And this is the moment where I got mad at Derek because Derek needing Christina's advice is so stupid. Like, to be honest, if someone needs to ask for help, they don't know me as well as they should, and they are not listening or paying attention to me, and I actually find it very hurtful. Like, asking yeah. for help on one little thing, like, 
okay, I already have the entire thing planned out, but I need your, I need your advice on one thing. I remember her telling me recently that her favorite color changed. Is that true? Like that's one thing that I would be fine with, but needing her help to know that Meredith doesn't like big romantic gestures. Like that is, that is you should know that. knowledge. That is day one knowledge. This bitch it's is not normal. Like, like the fact that he, <laughs> the fact that he didn't know him, that and Christina had to school him. Like she doesn't like big romantic things. She did the candle house for you because she knows that you like them. Right. And this yeah. is supposed to be her one true love. Hell no. That's her soulmate. Christina's And her I soulmate. like I like Jen when they're when she almost spoils the ring. Right. And he like kicks Meredith out of the room and he's like, Lexi, can you keep a secret? And Lexi's so excited. And then they're talking about it. And he's saying, because Weber got in his head about how she needs all the, he needs to do all these gestures and everything like that. And then she just says, like, I think the story she tells is so sweet and so romantic, where she's just like, well, he proposed to me in the supermarket. Okay, see, and okay, that comes later. And, and I'll, I tell don't... You, I'll tell you my thoughts on that a little bit later. But yeah, so this scene act just kind of pissed me off a little bit because I'm just like, yeah, Derek, it's ridiculous. He should know stupid. that. You should know this by But day I think one. also. Weber, like, the boys aren't helping. The boys are not helping. I think Everybody's he's giving so him nervous. wrong advice. Everyone's giving thing, him wrong exactly. advice. Exactly. He's, he's, no one is helping him other than Christina. And even that is freaking him out. Yeah. So I think he just, I think at the end of the day. It's like, he probably had this knowledge in his brain and just went against yeah, it. Like, he, he's being yeah. stupid right now. He's being really stupid He's being right an now. idiot. Yeah. He knows the right thing. Yeah. And eventually when he does propose to her, it is the right thing. Right. And it's perfect. But it's just, he's just scared. He's yeah, scared, he's scared to, he doesn't right want to. And also, like, it's not like Meredith isn't trigger happy. Like, right. he doesn't want to spook her. But I just don't think that is even a real concern. You know, Meredith I is think, not spook. I don't think it is either Meredith at is this not point. The kind of pers- Meredith is so strong and steady. She's not going to get spooked by fucking something like that. Derek, she put her fucking hand in a bomb patient. You fuck. Mm. But also, in the past, like, no. They, they've had a rocky relationship. I think he's... She... No. She's scared. No, it's, it's a A lot of the time. It's I think a non-concern. This, she's not I don't scared. Agree. I don't agree. I think at this point she isn't, but I think he's scared of her not being honest because in the past she hasn't been fully honest about how she's feeling about things. She literally says she does to him have, that she wants to have kids with him so casually. And then he goes to Mark and is like, Mark, she's ready. She knows what the fuck is up. Like, she, she wants to have kids with me. I know that this is the right time. So, like, you're right that it's the guys kind of getting in his it's head. It's everyone getting in his head. But I just don't think he should even be going to anybody for advice. And that's where he went wrong. And that's why I'm saying. But he's I also not going. I don't think he's going to any of them. I think they're all just giving him advice. Well, he definitely goes to Christina. He definitely. Yes. He, Which he I think is even, if you're going to anyone, that's the right person. I agree. But then Christina's just like, are you stupid? You already know this. Bye. Well, of course he's stupid. He's a man. But I think he's just telling all the guys. And they're like, well, do this. Do this. Especially Weber, who's just like. Like he, you of his, all people need to not talk about wrong. His advice. I'm is like the worst. you of all people need to mind your business. Yeah, you his, are yeah. bad at marriage. His his advice was the wrong advice. So I think he's telling his friends, and they're all getting in his head, and then he goes to her friend and like kind of gets reset. But the the thing is, he goes to her friend first. Everybody else comes after that. Oh yeah, true. Either way, either way, Derek's an idiot. He's being stupid in this episode. His eventual okay. proposal is good. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, he he found his way. <laughs> so anyway, so Christina and Meredith reunite after that. And Meredith is like, uh, just, I don't know. Can you read it? Just let me know, like, what's going on with her? And she's just like, well, I can tell you this much. Like, it's all, like, very forbidden romance. Like, hiding around the corner, sneaky shit. And then Owen walks up after Christi- after Meredith uh, leaves. And this, this... I think this is my favorite scene in the episode. This is honestly, like, 
one of my favorite scenes for them. Like, okay, first this of all, this is porn. Honestly, I miss these days of Grey's. Like the Me camera too. work, these shots, the music. It was like, well, uh, oh my god, it's like such a fucking good scene. I was watching it and I had the biggest stupid smile on my face. I was Same. just like, I was oh like, my this god, is, I was just having a really good time. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh shit, like this is Grey's Anatomy, like at the utmost. So. I'm, I was literally like screaming like, oh, and get away from her, you pervert. And like, they're not even touching. <laughs> but it's like so, it's so sensual. It is. Oh my God. And the music is what makes it. Like I was watching it and I was just yeah. like, my heart is like pounding right now. Like my heart is like fluttering. <laughs> what the fuck? I really, I really liked it. I liked it too. So then um, the next scene is Mark talking to Richard that Derek <laughs> is proposing to Meredith. And then Richard's like so excited and he's just like, how are you going to do it? And then Owen walks up and Mark tells him too. And then Owen's like, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. And then just at that exact moment, Meredith walks up and then. Oh my God. And then Mark tries to change his subject and he starts fake laughing. And it's, they're so stupid. (laughs) I was laughing like a hyena when that happened. He's just like, not if you want to blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It just sounded so stupid and funny. And I was just like laughing like a hyena. But then, did you catch the moment where Mark got mad at Derek because Derek said he couldn't trust him? Like, sir, you have no right to be mad. You just told three people in a row, you fucking idiot. Like, of course he feels like he can't trust you. What the hell? I think this is a larger issue Mark is having in this episode because he wants to tell Derek about Lexi. So I think he's just, like, fucked up this whole episode. Because he does that later on, too. Every time Derek makes, like, like a a friendly jab at him, Mark takes it so seriously. Yeah. Because even later on, and I'm like, Mark, it's... It's not that serious. Like, he's I think being he's a just drama queen right now. I think he's just being a drama queen in this episode. Yeah. But I I like it. I liked I it like too. It. Yeah. It I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then Izzy uh, and this patient. So Sadie is like trying to get a vein on this patient who came in who's not feeling well and she like can't get the vein. I'm just like, oh <laughs> Trevor will relate s- to this. I hated this. <laughs> I was like, this is like trigger like truly this is triggering. And I'm like, I don't, I just, like, needles, I don't care. But, like, watching someone, like... Poke you a million times. Oh, because that's every single Ouch. time. Ugh. Every single time I get blood drawn for anything, that's what happens. My veins are so hard to find. They even, pe- like, I have, like, nurse, people have been nurses for, like, 50 years. Oh who have God. done this Literally, and they're like, bitch, you're hard. Oh, my <laughs> this God. This is hard. And I'm like, I know. And I also just, like, have really bad like grip strength like in my hands for some reason like i my blood pressure is just like not good so they'll do the thing where they're like oh can you like squeeze your hand to like pump up the veins a little bit and i'll do that and they're like are you doing it i'm like yeah my (laughs) my hands are just like really weak (laughs) i was like i'm trying so i was watching this and i was like bitch i get it oh my god oh my god and then izzy walks up and someone do this izzy walks up and she's like you stupid ass just do it on me and then teaches her the right way to do it and then Sadie's like okay so here you go and she's like no run both of the tests and I'm just like this is one of the again one of those scenes in is this fraud (laughs) well this is just such great writing right because it's like such a sneaky way to like show us smart like it's so smart how they like wrote that in and like it's just a very sneaky scene I don't even know what to call it but I just was fascinated while I was watching it I was just like ooh, I love this feeling that like it's It's killing two birds with one stone okay this is For anybody who's listening, here's a little bit of TV talk. This is called dramatic irony because the audience knows something that the person in the scene doesn't know, right? Especially when you rewatch a show, you even get even more dramatic irony out of a scene like this. But when Izzy tells Sadie to run both tests, 
Sadie doesn't know why, but the audience and the viewers do know why, and Izzy knows why. So, like, we're watching it, and we're just like, ooh, girl, ooh, there's a storm coming her way, and she has no idea. And it's just so good. I love moments like that in TV shows where you know something that somebody in the show doesn't know, and you're just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Ah, <laughs> such great writing. Uh, I like I like this part of the Izzy cancer storyline. Yes. And I think this is the only part of it I like. I like the part of it where she hallucinates Denny. I thought that episode was good. It goes on for a while. It does. I I just, I liked it. I thought it was a good conceit because you don't get storylines like that a lot where, again, it plays into this dramatic irony of like, we know that something is wrong with Izzy because we are watching it and nobody yeah. else in the episode understands. It's kind of like next to normal. You know how in next to normal yeah. you're like, okay, Gabe, like we see you, we know you, like... You're here. You're alive. Yeah. But the characters in the show are just like, she's fucking hallucinating. She is insane. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. It's just like you're watching it and you're with the character who's going through it. But everyone around that character is just like, what in the world is fucking happening? But you see the character side of it. Like we see Denny with Izzy. And we're just like, what the fuck is going on? He's fucking Izzy. Yeah. And it's just like, how the fuck is this happening right now? Like, I don't know, that whole episode is on one, but it's good. Tony was watching season two and texted me and was like, who is the... Who is the man who isn't Javier Bardem? And I was like, oh, that's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> and Tony, Tony was like, exactly, thank you. And I was like, that's like a perfect way to describe him. It's not Javier Bardem. I, they honestly look so similar. It's they really freaky. do. It's really freaky. But, um... Okay, back to the episode right now, because we didn't need to go off and do all that, but... No, but it's still so, true. It's like, this, yeah. is, it's, this, Great is writing. Good, this is good writing. Really good writing. So then we cut to uh, Lexi again. And, My queen. Yeah, so Callie and Mark are operating on the dude, and shit goes wrong, so then they call Lexi in the in the other patient's room, on the wifey's room, and they're like, hey, shit just went wrong, like, it's really bad, it's not looking good, and Lexi like hangs up and then Jen's like, what the fuck's going on? Like, how is he? What's going on? And like, she's stressed. Lexi's stressed and says the wrong thing. She she does the stupid ass mistake of being like, oh, it's going great. Everything's good. You know, everything's going to be good. They're taking a nice long time to. And it's just like, girl, you re- who told you to go and lie? Like, this is a George mistake right now. Like, you didn't it's a to- George mistake. But I think. Sh- Don't lie, girl. Shut up. Just. I don't think she's trying to lie. I think she's trying to She's trying to protect the patient so that she doesn't get high blood pressure but is a lie. Like she shouldn't have she shouldn't have said anything. She she should have just been like, Oh, the update that they gave me is that they're still in surgery. Yeah, but it's like a freaking freaking out pregnant woman isn't gonna let you do that. You need to kind of like tell a little white lie sometimes. She she, she did the utmost though. She was like, It's going (laughs) great. It's all good. It's so good. She should have like a white lie would have been like they're taking longer than normal, but they are almost done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, Bailey is doing the amazing work to be a good doctor for children, even though she swore she never would. Yeah. And she's... This scene is so hard to watch. It was very difficult. It's really scary. And just like, the kid stuff is always really scary. Yeah. Understandably. 
But I think they show, again, this is a great episode for Bailey. They just show she's so good at her job. She's good at, honestly. Everyone's job. This scene is showing that Bailey could be put anywhere. And this is the thing I was telling everybody about general surgery last time on our last episode. That general surgeons are very flexible and they are like superstars in anything. Because they work with the entire, like, center of the body everything they know how everything works together and they see the body as a system where everybody else is so focused on their own specialty that they don't see the body that way they only see their area of expertise like cardio is obsessed with cardio they only know like the heart and the lung and then like neuro is just so 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 focused on the brain when you only think in that one body part in that one region you forget that the body works together and i think that's what makes general surgeons so versatile that they can really excel anywhere because and i think that's what makes gray's so good most of the time is when all of those different specialties work work together together. this is the exact conversation we had last week I know, but again, it just keeps coming up. Yeah. Where it's like those are the best moments. Yeah, where it's just like, and everyone... they're the best surgeons. They really are. Yeah, exactly. They really but, are, and that's purposeful. General surgeons so, are the best surgeons on the show. This kid is going through it. She's, and she's having some kind of crazy emergency, and Bailey has to stick a needle in her chest, and Bailey's like <sighs> doing a really good job of like explaining it to the patient and being like, "You're gonna feel pain. I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna be painful for a minute, and then it's gonna go away." Ready? And trying to soothe her and the parents at the same time. Yes, and they're like, which I couldn't you imagine. To, she's like, easy. "You need to look away. You need to like brace yourself. It's gonna be very bad to watch. And it's gonna look scary. Yeah. So even though what I'm doing is helping, it's gonna look like I'm hurting. Right. Which is most medicine. Right. So then Arizona gets involved because she's the pediatric person and she's like getting Dixon and Bailey on the same page that her pressure, her blood pressure is too high. She needs to go to surgery, book me an OR. And then Arizona's like, Bailey, let me know how it goes. And then Bailey's like, no, I need you. I like, I can't do it. And then Arizona's like, no, you can do it. And like, stop being a pussy. Like, <laughs> you you are going to save this kid's life and give her her life back. Like, you need to stop being a baby just because one thing went wrong. Honestly, when she appeared on the screen, I was just like, ah, I was so happy. She's and so I also precious. I also get where she's coming from. Yeah. I think Bailey doesn't I d- realize how good she is. Like she's very I d- And I also think Bailey wouldn't be able to forgive herself for not following through yes. with the patient 100%. and not doing everything she could to help this child, especially now that she's so invested. Right. So I think Arizona's right. She's like, you need to do this. You yeah. need to do this. Yeah. yeah. I could do it. But you need to learn to do it. Because yeah. kids get general, like, she is going to deal with kids for the rest of her career, probably, yeah. like, randomly. she needs to know how to do it and needs to be comfortable doing it. Yeah, so it's like, it sucks, but you have to do it. Right. But, so then we cut to Owen, and he's trying to stabilize Rob, who is the pregnant woman's husband. Callie and Mark are the ultimate bros. Like, they're, they're <laughs> Mark's just like, I don't know, because, like, I really love, I think I'm starting to fall in love with her. I and love Callie's just this. like, can you stop? Kylie's like, can you stop? Can you just tell her? Like, honestly, I'm single right now, and you're telling me this for what? Uh, yes. <laughs> and then, but then Mark, I, I think Mark, again, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I, you know what? I don't think I am. I think he's understandably nervous to tell Derek because it's like, that's little Gray. And now that's going to be another sister of Derek's through marriage. So he's like, I just, am I being a fucking creepy guy? And, like, is Derek going to be mad at me again about this? And Callie is not being helpful in the slightest. She's, like, she's like horny and alone. She's being annoying in this episode. I can't even lie. Yeah. Like, that's my girl, but she's being annoying. She's being... She's being annoying, but I uh, understand where she's coming from with her annoyance. Like, I think most people have felt this way at one point or another. She's definitely taking it to extremes. She's going through a dry spell, and she's taking it out on everyone around her. Everybody around her. She's in her hater era. 
even when they're not even happy and they're just kind of like nervous or scared or whatever, she's like, like she's still, she's just not me. being helpful. Yeah. And, but I think I get where Mark is coming from because he doesn't want, he's just getting to another, like a good spot with Derek again, where they're like bros, uh-huh. like they used to be. Mm-hmm. So I think he doesn't want to jeopardize that. And I think especially he doesn't want to make Meredith or Lexi or Derek, anyone uncomfortable and kind of just like rock the boat. Most problems that happen on Grey's that are interpersonal relationship problems can be solved with just simple communication. And that's what's funny and kind of annoying about stuff like this. Because it's just like, honestly, they make way too many storylines about miscommunications. And there needs to be other... <laughs> like, sometimes I think they They need to diversify the writing. Exactly. Because they focus way too much on problems that are caused by miscommunications. Like, this is a simple problem that could go away if Mark and Derek just talk to each other. And we know that. You know what I mean? Like, I think this yeah. is one of those moments that they should have, like, maybe diversified the way that... But it's also just, like, this is how men act. Okay, and that's a blind spot for me. I don't Men just men. don't speak to each other about things. Like, boys okay. don't, like, are not open emotionally. Interesting. So I'm, how do y'all deal with problems like I this? don't know. I'm gay. I don't talk to straight men. Okay. My gay friends and I, I'm like... I'm also, like, I'm not the one to ask. I'm too blunt. Yeah. I'm not... I, I, I have no poker face... <laughs> at all (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's all very uh, like all of my friends know exactly how i'm feeling when i'm feeling it like yeah whether i'm verbalizing it or they're just seeing it so i don't know but i i know this is how like when i was friends with straight people in high school yeah this is how they acted okay they just don't talk about things i guess i don't know it's wild yeah i don't know okay then we cut back to izzy and she's like teaching Sadie how to do an x-ray and she's like pretend I'm a patient and she really is a patient and Sadie has no idea yeah and she's like you need to make sure you have bedside manner and Sadie's like should I do that now and she's like no you idiot just tell me to take a deep breath and lay still <laughs> Izzy's kind of funny she's, in this episode she's on one in this episode Izzy's kind of funny I kind of was like she made me giggle a couple yeah, times like too. later on later on in the, I think it's the MRI scene or the CT yeah like that she made me giggle yeah she's funny in that scene but yeah, Sadie's an idiot. She Sadie's doesn't know how to do dumb. anything. She's dumb. And then we get Richard giving Derek like the worst possible advice in the world. Rancid He's like, go hi- go go on a swan boat and hire a, a skywriter. And this is this is my note. <laughs> I t- we're talking about proposals again, everybody. So just bear with us because we've talked about different proposal scenarios like four different times already, and we just keep going. But, it's just a storyline that keeps happening. Yeah. So okay. The scene where he's telling him all the wrong advice, I'm just like, I'm a fan of, like, the in-between for a proposal. Like, I think proposals should definitely be more meaningful and special than, like, a grocery store aisle or, like, a gas station like Jim and Pam. But I also don't need it to be, like, on the top floor of the Empire State Building. And then I was like, wait, but that would be romantic. (laughs) So I'm like, I think think it needs to be in-between. Like, I think one of the perfect TV proposals was... Monica and Chandler because it was like a really special moment like he put candles all around the apartment everything like that right and but it was still in their apartment it wasn't it was intimate yeah it was intimate intimate see and I feel like grand proposals sometimes lack that intimacy because they're usually in a public place and everybody's watching and and I would even consider even though it's maybe not a large scale I would consider Monica, Monica and Chandler a grand proposal me too. Especially because it's so out of character for Chandler. And that's what I'm saying. That I'm a fan yeah. of the in-between because even though it was a grand gesture and even though it was like 
intimate in a space that they both knew. It's in between those two things. Like, I don't need it to be at the Eiffel Tower. I just need it to be special. No, if someone proposed to me in public, if someone proposed to me in public, like, I would say no, absolutely. And I know we've said that on the mic before, but it's just like needs to be said. But yeah, I like I'm anti big proposal in general. Uh, I just can't do it for me personally. I would say no. But I I agree with you. I think I totally agree with the Monica and Chandler uh, comparison. And just like, I think eventually how Derek does it is perfect works. It's perfect for them. I do like the supermarket proposal. I like his reasoning that she says, where it's just like, that was the first place he saw her. I think that's really romantic. I think a lot of people romanticize grocery shopping or like doing those kind of mundane tasks with a partner. I know I have in the past. It's like, I moved a couch with an ex and it was just like very intimate thing where it's like, oh, this is like just doing something together. And like, those are the moments that stand out to me in relationships and like those kind of small things. So I like the idea of just like, Oh, we were doing this kind of mundane thing, and it was like, oh, for I want to spend the rest of my life. For me, this is a little bit too mundane, though. Like, I understand, like, okay. I, I get that. The moment where we fell in love happened to be a grocery store. But, like, at the same time, like, I'm a fan of the in-between. I think it would have been even more romantic yeah. if he was like, let's go grocery shopping. And he had rented out the entire grocery store and lit the entire oh, candle that, up with candles. Oh, I would be. And, like. I would be pissed. I don't like that. Renting, I would be like, you wasted all that money. Oh my god! Well, okay, I would have been this like, I of opinion. I like the in between. I need the in between. I can't have it be so simple that it's just literally like people are walking. There's some baby crying two aisles over. Some bitch. See, I don't mind. Kid. I don't think I would mind that. Frank, I think get I'm- your ass over here! I told you not to leave the car. And then my <laughs> partner's fucking telling me this is where we fell in love. I, I think no, no. For me, I definitely lean more on the like mundane side of things, where it was like, oh, we're just like walking the dog or like hanging out one day having breakfast somewhere or something like that like maybe not a supermarket per se but i think the more mundane like intimate tasks that you do with a partner that are so routine mm-hmm. where it's like oh if we were like at the laundromat and we were just like doing laundry together no laundromat has the worst vibes other than the DMV. see i completely disagree i Laundromats love a laundromat have the worst vibes other than i the find DMV. them so nostalgic and like comforting oh my god i'm the complete opposite like i remember being dragged to the laundromat <laughs> by my mom like every fucking weekend and sitting i there loved and going like, to the laundromat as a kid people trying to talk to us and just i like, loved it Oh my god, no. I, I think, like, so I definitely err more on the side of the mundane routine. But you're a, okay, see, and this is why you're But a I'm cancer. a cancer. You love, exactly. the, like, the maternal family. I like cozy. the routine. I like the home. And I like the, like, I'm a Libra. the ritual. I like kind of going all out, like, expensive. Yeah, I think nice, that makes sense yeah, for us. it makes sense for us that we're disagreeing I think right it, now. I think neither of us are wrong. No, definitely not. I think the people who are wrong are the people who do the insane grand gesture like, slash mob type shit. Or, or the people, like, for example, when Kanye proposed to Kim and rented out the Dodgers stadium or whatever. It's like, go to jail. That was excessive. That was excessive. It's too much. Yeah, too much. Okay, let's move on, please. Um, yes, but I think I think it makes sense for us. Yes. But moving on. Okay, so <laughs> Bailey is acting hard on the outside, but really she's very soft on the inside. When she yeah. disappears because it goes wrong with the patient and she just backs down immediately and is like, nope, can't do this, and runs away and flees to, like, the baby. It's sad. The baby, um, the daycare. She goes to her, see Tuck. She goes to the daycare to see her son. And she just, like, she acts hard on the outside, like, in the first episode where everyone's like, oh, the Nazi, the Nazi this, the Nazi that. And then she's just, like, a short black woman who's, like, firm (laughs) and, like, knows her shit. And it's just like, why would people... And this is, like, one of those things that's, like, a TV trope. Like, oh, my God, like, 
oh, she's so difficult. We're subverting your expectations because you're going to assume the Nazi is some mean man. And it's like, no, it's just some tiny black lady who's like really good at her job and isn't going to hold your hand. Yes, they they hit us over the head with that trope. But I think, honestly, Bailey gets great character growth where we see she is hard on the outside, but ultimately she is one of those softies that's like cares a lot about her work family and about her real family and about children and about you know, minorities and, you know, does what she thinks is right for her patients, but does what she thinks she tries to do right by everybody she comes across. And it's just like, like in the episode where there is a literal Nazi in the fucking hospital and he doesn't want that Bailey to operate fucking on crazy. That is one of my favorite episodes. It goes nuts. That episode goes hard. And we see Bailey just be like, you know what? You don't fucking deserve the caliber of surgeon that I fucking am. And you don't want me to operate on you because you are a Nazi and I'm black. But guess what? This is your only choice, and my revenge will be that a black woman saves your life and saves his fucking life. And it's just like, oh my fucking God, this is one of those moments on Grey's where we see her strength mixed with her vulnerability. It's almost like her vulnerability is her strength in a way. I don't know. I love Bailey. I 100% agree. Bailey's like top tier character, S tier. I fucking love her. She's so well rounded. Yes. Yes. And her stuff never, I never feel like annoyed annoyed with her and i always even if i disagree with her or what's going on i understand the root of it yep and like it never feels contrived right oh fucking love bailey i love bailey okay so then um what you call it um george jump scare george jump scare like wasn't expecting to see him haven't seen him for the entire episode this is the so only far. scene he's in yeah um this episode this scene is kind of boring this scene's boring um can i say one thing why would Christina tell Meredith that her own mother likes to try number 12? Like, bitch, are you stupid? Like, I, They're so fucked up. They're fucked I love up them. for that. Christina's like... I love them. She's like... Christina is so funny. She's like, you know who likes a good number 12, right? And she points at the journal. I'm like, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> no, if that was my best friend, I would have punched her in the head. I swear. Oh, my God. That would have made me piss my pants. <laughs> I think that is so fucking funny. Oh, my That's, God. Like, in that situation, I'm Christina. Like, bitch, you're on I'm, one. I'm being a bitch. Yeah. Um, and then, wait, what is the line where Meredith is like, oh my god, what is it? She's where like, she's, she doesn't want, she's like, Derek doesn't want me because my fucked up babies are gonna have Alzheimer's. But then she also says, and my split and, and split ends, which is, it made me laugh so oh fucking my god. hard. Me too. And then this episode is it's she's just, so negative. Is so good. Meredith is so I, negative. I love her. But I also love when Meredith is suspicious. Me too. She's like, I love when Meredith knows something yeah, is going on, yeah. and she's like, "Huh, no one is telling me." But she, and she gets that kind of look in I'm her like, eyes girl, where she's you're like, "Literally walking with the exact three people who know the truth about the yeah. situation." It's so funny. It's so funny, and it's so cute when she's just kind of like narrows her eyes at someone, and she's like, "I know some. I know you know something." She's so like. Ah, I fucking love this. I bitch. love her. Also, love her her hair being like half up, half down. Way so sexy. Okay, that is so one of my sexy. ultimate hairstyles. They're, it's Christina so and sexy. Can we talk about something? Christina and Meredith. They love a clip. Christina and Meredith stay having the best hair on this show. It's Christina un- with a it's messy absurd. bun. Oh, wait, my note is literally. Wait, 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 I need to tell you my note. Wait. I need to tell you my note. <laughs> bitch, let me fucking say this. Let me fucking say this because I have been holding say this in. It. Speak. Her hair is literally perfect, and I literally showed a picture of her at my most recent haircut, and that's the reason As I you have should. legs right now. That's why I have. But legs also, right now. like you have similar hair texture to her. I do, but I have Your the hardest is- time. 
getting it to stay like that. And I figured out the yeah. trick because I was watching Grey's and I'm in, I'm back in my Grey's era. <laughs> and I said to my hair, I said to my hairdresser, her name is Aaliyah. I'm like, Aaliyah, do you watch Grey's? And she's like, um, I think I stopped watching it with Grey's side. I was like, bitch, we're not about to have a fight because you're the only person who knows how to cut my hair. But anyway, you know Christina? <laughs> and she's like, which one is that? I'm like, the Asian one. She's like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, she has perfect hair. And she's like, yeah, she does. And I'm like, look at this picture. How do I get this to happen to my hair? And she's like, oh, good news is you have similar curl texture. Bad news is your curls are not showing up because you don't have layers. You have all your hair pretty much the same length. What we yeah. need to do is add layers so that your curls are like kind of tiered. Ugh. And that's how Christina gets her hair like that. And she's yeah. like, but also Christina's probably wearing a, a few hair pieces in this yeah, picture. Yeah, I mean, of course. I'm like, yeah, definitely. But then I'm like, no, that's not true because look at this picture of Sandra O. Oh. And she's like, girl, she's probably still wearing hair pieces. She's just on a red carpet. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, after I had after I was done being a dumb bitch, I was like, "Can you cut my hair like this?" And she was like, "Absolutely." So that's the reason I have layers now. Anyway, that was, I love it. That was, I think your hair looks lovely. Thank you. And that was all to say, Christina has the perfect hair, but Meredith perfect has hair. the best hairstyle. She stays in a clip. She stays in an up down style. Meredith's hair color perfect is it's perfect. She is that strawberry blonde girl next door. I want to kiss this girl on uh, the lips. She really is like. Yes. Ellen Pompeo is so girl next door. And, and her and her little lisp. Oh, I mm. fucking love her. Oh, um, at one point later on in the episode, like towards the end, I w- I literally have a note that was like, Jesus Christ, Ellen Pompeo is the most beautiful. It was like the last shot of the episode. I was like, that's the most beautiful woman who's alive. She's fucking. Are you beautiful. fucking kidding me? But I, anyway. But can I say something else? Ah! Okay. <laughs> the scene where Dixon. Okay. <laughs> No, what are you saying? Okay, so Dr. Dixon has her meltdown because the patients freak out about Bailey being, like, the perfect doctor and figuring out the solution. And Dixon is, like, upset because she didn't follow the protocol and got hugged. And before we jump into my other note that made me scream, I want to say that this is a very good reminder to respect people's personal space and that consent is really important, even in casual situations. Like... Consent shouldn't just be sexual, to be honest. And I think that it almost always comes up in conversations about sex or like physical activity that could lead to sex. But consent is super important, even for simple things like holding people's hands, giving a hug, like grabbing somebody by the shoulders, putting your arm around someone. Like people can have really real either physical boundaries due to their mental conditions or PTSD related to certain types of physical 100%. touch. 100%. So like, somebody could have been abused and doesn't like when you raise your arm for a high five. Like a symbol or of Or a that, pat like, on the shoulder I or had something a like that. who I would often like raise my hand for like a high five. And later on, she was like, can you please stop doing that? And I was like, what? And she was like, well, I grew up in a house where somebody raising their hand at me meant that I was going to get punched or like hit yeah and i was like oh my god like something as simple as that could literally trigger someone truly and it's just like you don't even realize you don't realize it until somebody is like honest enough to tell you their tell you their boundary but it shouldn't come to that you should always ask first like you shouldn't have to force someone to disclose their boundary if they don't if they don't absolutely have to so this is a good moment where being like can i have a hug or can i give you a hug right now would literally save so much but anyway yeah this drama that the music that plays in their angry ass faces when she runs out of the room was not necessary. Yet again, I'm saying because yeah. I feel like, well, maybe it's a societal thing and like a sign of the times. But I feel like in today's society, somebody having a meltdown due to that wouldn't get that reaction. It would be like, oh, that person must. Have- I think people would be more aware of like what causes that yes. and everything now. Where like 13 years ago, it was 
like in the mainstream people yeah. didn't have like, a bigger like, idea oh my god that mom can't control their kid in the grocery store who's like having a meltdown exactly sort of, yeah. where it's like there's there's more context to it's what's happening yeah where i think now it would be a deeper conversation of like i think people are just generally more aware of these types of things yes okay so anyway the reason i screamed earlier is because <laughs> so bailey runs after dixon and goes to hug her and she's like i need pressure i need a hug so Bailey's hugging her and, like, trying to calm her down. And then Dixon's like, you're a very tiny person. And then Christina walks in. And the way my, like, heart dropped down to my feet. And I was just like, whoa. And I felt all the blood rush out of my face. And I was just like, she looks fucking hot in this episode right now. Like, she just looks so yeah. beautiful beyond words. I just was, like, looking at her. And I literally rewinded it. Because I was just like, how is she so... Am I, I was like, am I going nuts? Like, how is she so stunning? No, she's so hot. Oh, my God. Anyway, so she's like, get over here and hug on Dr. Dixon. So Christina rushes over and, like, has The Thorazine a- joke took me out. So funny. Messy bun girlies uh. unite because her messy bun is everything. Well, wait, go back. Because there is the scene where Christina walks up to Owen and they're talking and there's, like, about, like, they're both on call. And as she's walk, as she's about to walk away, she smiles and she puts her hair up in the messy bun. Cause yes. like, and it like shows off her neck and everything like that. And I'm like, oh my fucking god, fuck I, already. Yeah, I I forgot to write that down, but like when she oh, puts her hair up so in the messy bun, oh good. And she's like smirking at him, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You're fucking right now in like, front of bitch, me. Take me out. Take me. You're out. fucking in front of me right now. This is so horny. Mm-hmm. What you're doing here? Mm-hmm. Oh, I I love I love that. But yeah, she looks stunning. And I yeah, the conversation between Bailey Dixon and Christina is like, it's really nice that they yeah. have that. And yeah. like her explaining the reasoning for it and all that. And yeah. then we see that come into play later on <clears throat> with Christina and Owen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just shows that like being trauma educated can help you immensely in real life. Like, exactly. Everybody should have some level of trauma education, in my opinion. I 100% agree. Okay, so... Next up, we get Karev um, not being a fucking hater for once in his fucking life. He goes, dude, everything above number five deserves props. Like, you should not be embarrassed yeah. to have something up your ass right now. I was like, okay, Karev, like, I kind of agree it's with really you. It's really cute. It's really yeah. nice. Karev is like, dude, you fucking good for you, Yeah, man. good for you. I like, I like that they're being so supportive of this guy. Yeah. And then as soon as it's all taken care of and they're, they're like stupid. scrubbing they're out, so they're like silly and laughing and they're like bending over backwards. I and was I was like, laughing. yeah, I, I would laugh too. Yeah. What the fuck? Are you we, kidding me? We were definitely laughing, but I was also <laughs> thinking in my head, like they are so stupid and annoying for they're this They're so stupid. But I like that they, they do take this guy seriously yeah. at the end and they give him his credit. Yeah. And I'm like, good. Hopefully in the future, these people do these things and try to spice up their life in a safer way. Mm-hmm. So then we More cut- straight people should do butt stuff. Agreed. So then we cut back to Christina and Bailey hugging on Dixon. And Dixon's like fine now. But you can tell that Bailey and Dixon got absorbed into the hug and they're kind of feeling it. And I thought it was really sweet because like <laughs> they almost look hypnotized. Like Christina looks like she's forlorn and thought like thinking about something. Yeah, like everyone else is Bailey having looks a moment like she's and about then Dixon is like, I'm over it. She's like, can you get off me now? Can you get <laughs> off me now? You're about to trigger me again, you idiots. Yeah, it's like it's it's very funny how they're like, no, this is for me now. Yeah. Um, and then we get Izzy again being a dumb bitch she mixed up the blood and then sadie's like oh good news you're anemic and then but bad news the patient the patient has cancer and it's just like oh you idiots the the blood got mixed up you fucking idiots what a dumb fucking idiot that that sadie is so stupid (laughs) it's just like befuddling yeah it's befuddling like girl you're a doctor at a hospital this is fucking with two patients how did you get in here oh my anyway Ugh. lexi is right 
that hiding a relationship sucks. She's right. Absolutely. If if you've gone, anybody who's listening to this podcast who's gone through that knows Lexi is right. Hiding relationships sucks. She was right to tell Mark off. I'm 100% on her side that if they want to be together, he needs to be, he needs to want her in public. She needs to be upfront. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks being a secret. Yep. 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 Because it so makes I'm you feel like than... you're doing something wrong and you're not. You're just in love with exactly. someone. Exactly. Especially when these are two adults. Yeah, like, right. Two adults who Like, Mark needs a, to stop being so fucking insecure decision. and scared of Derek. Like, that's your best friend. Either communicate with him or just go be in your relationship and tell him to fuck off. Period. Yeah, You're absolutely. an adult. Why are you scared of another grown man who... who but I'm... Even... Mm. I am glad that Lexi does stand up for herself. Me to too. Him. Because yeah. that's hard, especially when you're in different age brackets and, like, different points in your life. Like, especially being a person who's dated a lot of older people... Be, it's hard to put your foot down and be like, you're not treating me in a way that I think I'm deserving. Right. So you need to make it, you need to get it together. Right. So I'm glad that they have that moment for her where she's like, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So then Owen and Christina, and they're being so cute in this episode. I still don't ship them, but that was so dramatic no. when he has a panic attack and runs to the other room. Because <laughs> he sees his a- fucking ex, ex who he ghosted. Yep. And then. Crazy. I was like, it brought me back, right back to reality where I was like, it's no. fuck Owen all day. Yeah. And then I was like, it oh my brought God, me like, right back. I was like, is this the episode where he chokes her? And I like, couldn't Ugh. remember for a second. And then I was like, okay, no. That's no, I think they're already episode. married when that happens. Yeah. Isn't it, it? They're in bed and. Yeah. The fan they're together. They're like him. together, together. Yeah. So anyway, but, Christina is perfect and trauma informed and is like helping him regulate his central nervous system, which is like a really real thing that you can use when somebody's having a flashback or a meltdown or a panic and attack. And being in that situation is like being the like caretaker or the comforter is so scary, especially yes. when you're like the weaker of the two physically. Yeah. It's like, that's really, you could be putting and yourself in a lot of danger. Multiple times. Yeah. So I think it's like, I think it shows how much she cares about him already because she is just willing to like take that risk and be there for him and support him uh-huh. in this way that he needs and he doesn't even realize he needs it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, wow. it's nice. That scene was it's, good. Yeah. It's a good scene. And then this, like, the, overall, the scenes with them in this episode are really good. Mm-hmm. So. Then we cut back to Bailey and Bailey's like, I'm sorry that I freaked out in the OR. Like, I really shouldn't have done that. Um, I'm sorry I broke cro- protocol. And Dixon's like, well, ped surgeons always break co- protocol. <laughs> and Bailey's like, well, I'm not a ped surgeon. She's like, yeah, you explain all of the stuff to the kid. You treat the kid like she's your daughter. You break protocols. Um, and basically, you are a ped surgeon. And it's really sweet. And Arizona's like so proud. Yeah. Arizona's like in complete agreement. So then Derek's like leaving the hospital and Meredith's like, wait, 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 wait. And he's like, no, no, no. I, I have to work. Like, I, I can't talk to you right now. And she's like, listen, you've been freaking out. If you don't want to have babies with me because you don't want my DNA, just tell me. And he's like, I do want your crappy babies. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking funny. I just cute, like cute them. Cute moment. Cute moment. They're so silly. And he's and he kisses her and he's like, but I don't want to eat with you right now. <laughs> Okay, now wait one second, because the way that this episode was the slowest burn of my fucking life, at the exact moment I thought that I picked the wrong episode, it cut to Callie and Lexi in the bar, and I was just like, bitch, you better go get your girl in that fucking bathroom, because I had thought that this was a wrong episode, because of how long it took no, to get that moment. No, it takes moment. so long, I was and like, it's just what like, the fuck? 
it comes out of not nowhere, but nowhere. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. It, it's, it's But we so don't even good. get that moment. We just see Lexi and Callie in the bar and Callie gets pissed off at Lexi being in love with Mark again. So she goes to the bathroom. Then we see Arizona kind of look over her shoulder and be like, oh, that's my bitch right there. But she doesn't go yet. We just see her no. look in that direction. Then it cuts back to Christina and Meredith walks in and <laughs> Christina's laying with Owen in the bed and he's just like holding on to her like a teddy bear and she's still reading the journal. It's really sweet. The scene tricked me. Because Christina's like, he was about to propose, you know. And yeah, the fact I that like was, fully was like, oh. oh my god, how did she tell her? But no, I was like, Christina, that was so risky, bitch. Like, oh my I god, I was gagged. I was like, I was like, dramatic wait, irony. I, forget? I was like, did I forget something? Yeah, me too. Oh, uh, it was good. And that then was good. I, I really like how it is, how like her reading it, and she's there talking about the proposal and everything like that. Yeah. And Meredith, is, when she says, it's sad, and Christina just goes, is it? And she's like, or romantic. romantic. And it's like, it's, I like that oh. balance of kind of that, God. like, melancholy romance that yeah. is just, like, the whole you vibe love of that. Grace. You love a little I sadness do. with your love. I, fuck, I really do. Damn. Okay. It's, I don't know why. It just, like, feels, I don't know. It's so much more interesting you to me. You remind me of my grandma sometimes. She's a Scorpio. <laughs> and sometimes, she, my grandma will be like, oh, I went to the store earlier. And I'm like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, well, I didn't need anything. I just went in because there was nobody else in the store. And, like, it just looked really sad. And I didn't want the employees to get sad. And I was it's just, just like, kind of, like, romanticizing like, the mundane. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I don't know. I just looked at the shopping carts. And they were all there. And, like, the, the lady looked like she wanted somebody to come in. So I went in and started talking. And we're like, there is no way that she. <laughs> That's, like, like. I I don't know. You water signs are something else. And I say that with like literally four planets in Scorpio. But like. I hmm. love to be on public transit and just like staring off. Oh my God. Pretending like, your life is like, a music video. No, literally. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> look at how beautiful this is. Like so insane. Like fully. Like oh I would be on the God. dirtiest train in Philadelphia and I'd be like, wow, look how romantic my life is. <laughs> like the me, dirtiest me fucking septa train. Me when I lived in New York. Yeah. Or like me on the Amtrak and I'm like. Oh my god. Wow. No, literally me in New York walking across the Brooklyn Bridge and there's a homeless man pissing into a trash can and I'm like, wow, I love New York. Like, I love it. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> sometimes you just have to romanticize the dumbest shit in your life. Really, to be happy. And I, I, but I like the, the, that's sad, is it, or romantic. And then she yeah. kind of, they like both kind of like smile at each other and Meredith leaves. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, because it's sometimes it's sad. Sometimes it's both. Like, I think exactly what, Christina's experiencing right now this like intimacy with Owen is sad because of how it got there but it is still romantic because of what happened it's like that you can have both. it's romantic you can have your that cake she saved him from like having a full-on meltdown but it's also kind of sad that like that happened that had to happen for them to be finally embracing and close in this way that they've been beating around the bush the whole episode okay then, you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean I totally do okay Seattle looks the exact same <laughs> in that cut scene and then we get Arizona walking in the bathroom. Callie's looking in the mirror. Bitch! Cla oh, the way I a was... A classic Grey's Anatomy monologue. I was smiling from ear to ear as if this was happening to me. She's like, ortho, right? I'm Arizona. I'm in Pete's surgery. And everyone at the hospital is talking about how much they like you. And the way I would fully be annoyed if Arizona tried to hit on me like this, because I saw Callie start to get annoyed. Callie's like, um... Oh, I would have been agitated as shit if Arizona too. was speaking uh, to me like this. Right? Like, everyone at the hospital is talking about you, and they like you, and they're talking about you because they like you. And the whole thing felt a little condescending at first. And then... But that's kind of Arizona's that's whole her style. That's her style. 
And then Callie's so shy sometimes. Like, she's such a big, dumb tourist. She's like, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, people are talking about how I'm gay? Great. Like, she's so yeah. Eeyore in this scene. And then, This whole episode. Right. And then she's like, and then Arizona's like, believe me, once you're done being so sad and annoying, everybody's going to be lining up for you. That laugh and that smile that Callie gives at that moment. A thousand watt. Anybody who has been kissed by another woman in a ladies' room knows that feeling is, there's nothing like it. Being a woman in a ladies' bathroom and literally getting kissed against the sink and the bathroom is empty and you just feel so sneaky and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, (laughs) like this should not be happening right now. (laughs) It is just perfect. It is a perfect scene to like set up that new romance for Callie in a way that didn't feel like very forced. It felt very natural and real. And, like, they're such a cute couple. I really love them together. They're one of my favorite couples in the whole show. Me too. And then we get Derek setting this entire ass thing up in the bedroom. And Derek's telling Mark, like, oh, I know she's going to hate it. Like, Derek, if you know that she's going to hate it, then why the fuck are you doing it? And then... Yeah, stop. He's being an idiot. But then Mark is being an idiot. And he's like, listen, if you know that she's the one, you have to go all the way and do all this shit for her. And tell her that she's the one so she doesn't get confused. And it's like, Mark, if you feel that way about Lexi, then go tell her. You idiot. Like, they're both being idiots in this scene. And then Derek gets a call from Addison and, like, leaves. And then is, like, everything wraps up so quickly. Like, the last two minutes of this episode are a whirlwind. Over and out. Yeah, like, Derek gets a call from Addison. You can tell something's wrong. Then cuts to Izzy immediately after that. And Izzy, like, deep down, she knows that something's up. Like, she knows that she has cancer. But yeah, she doesn't know, like, any details, but she knows. She knows. She, deep down, she knows. And then she puts the paperwork away and walks away with Karev. And then Meredith gets home, and you can see that Derek has taken everything down. However, she finds a petal under her pillow, and now she thinks something is wrong. And that's how it ends. Now she thinks she's he's cheating or yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, that's what I would think. That's what I would think, too. Absolutely. I think she's just more so curious about the petal. Yeah, it's very it's very weird. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. also like, how did I can't believe that? it ended that way. How did he clean all that shit up? Where so did fast? he put it? He threw it in the Where back of his go? car and like drove, <laughs> drove off into the sunset. Did like, he like tell Mark he was like, "Oh, I have to go do something. Clean all this up." Right, right. Like, and Mark's like, "It's got to be something okay. like that." Like, yeah. I just like, damn. I, this episode is over so fast. It flew by. Like, I was just like, "Wait, what? That's the fucking ending." Anyway. But again, it's one of those good episodes where yeah. it's like everything is bubbling under and like nothing is. You're not getting payoff on anything. Right. But, like, you're not mad. Right. That was a good episode. I can't... I'm so glad I chose it. Honestly, supreme episode. Great episode. I only chose it for the um, Cali, Arizona moment. However, it was great for many other reasons. And it stands as my number two pick. Yeah, I love watching this episode. I forgot how much I love this episode. And, like, there's really something there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it was so much fun to watch. Like I was laughing as much as I was sad. Me too. Which is like the perfect the perfect type of episode for Grey's, I feel like. Me too. Anyway, that was our fifth episode. Thank you all for listening and subscribing. Um, we are so excited to keep going with Grey's Anatomy. All of our socials are linked in the description of the pod. And we're oh, yes. pumped up for um, our next episode, which will be one of Trev's picks. I'm so excited. I forgot the name of it, but you'll be surprised next week. Yeah, you'll be surprised next week. (laughs) For the Grey's Grey's season, we're doing something a little bit different than Glee. We were telling y'all what the next episode was going to be for Glee, but this season, I guess we're just kind of... It's also just kind of fun, and it's like, I don't know. It's like, 
Are you, like, you just want to listen anyway. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And um, happy October to everyone who's excited about Halloween and all things of the sort. Happy Libra season, more importantly. And I want to say a big happy birthday to Fran Drescher. <laughs> the day of recording. Fran Drescher, Zoe from Sesame Street, and Chef Dorian Hunter, which is the season 10 winner of MasterChef, my all-time favorite MasterChef <laughs> contestant. She is amazing, and I fucking love her, and I would die for her. If you're listening, Dorian... I love you. Oh Over my God. Speaking of autism, Zoe from Sesame Street is autistic. I know. And I love her. And she, her birthday is She's, September We stand. We fucking stand. Listen, girlies who were Zoe stands are gay now. <laughs> That's my theory. Because. The oh way- my God. We have to go. We can't get into this tangent. We have to go. Wait, we're at a hundred <laughs> minutes. I have one more thing to say. The way that I literally received like a six foot Zoe doll from my dad for one oh of my, my birthdays. God. That makes so much sense for you. We stand forever. Over uh, and I was I was a count person personally. Oh, I like the count. very rare pick for you. I feel yeah, like you would be I an just, Oscar. I Don't get me wrong. I love him. But I, I always like count. I was like, that's my man. I think it's because I just like Dracula. Okay. My favorite. I just like monsters. Okay. My favorite in order is Zoe, Cookie Monster, Elmo. Mm. And um, Big Bird. My top three, I think, are Count, Bert, and Oscar. <gasps> you dare to disrespect Elmo in this fucking house? I didn't say I didn't like Elmo. I said he's not in my top three. Because mm, I had Tickle Me <laughs> Elmo all the way home. Oh, my God. Okay, well, anyway, okay. bye. Feel bye, free to everyone. DM us who your favorite Sesame Street character that is. That was the most random thing we could have possibly <laughs> talked about. I can't even believe we oh just said that. Oh, my God. Okay. Bye, everyone. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. We love you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.